Welcome to the podcast of First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a welcoming and progressive Unitarian Universalist congregation, deeply committed to love and justice. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Friends, there are lots of ways of welcoming people into a church. There are churches that ring bells miles away and the sheep come running and they take their seats in their pews and that's how they're welcome to church. And there are churches that don't take themselves that seriously or they're uncertain about their message so they have a little church mouse welcome you. Welcome, welcome to the church. Thank you for being here today. It's very nice to see you. Hope you have a good time. Bye-bye. Blah, 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 blah. And then there are churches that have long lists of things that you should do if you become a member of this church. They have creeds and deeds and doctrine and dogma and ways of being that connote membership. And they're churches that, are, that welcome you. They think they welcome you with insider jokes, insider jokes that only four or five people know. And you still feel like, is this for me? But not here at First Universalist. We welcome you with sounds and movement and joy. We also bring out the sunshine. That first service was gray and dark, and now the second service is filled with sunshine and light. We're just happy to be able to welcome you with such joy on this day, with clear voices that have something to say, opinions that may differ, and we live with them. And we welcome you unconditionally, no matter how grouchy you are this morning, no matter how joyful you are, and no matter how corny your dad jokes, because I heard a few this morning, they were very funny, but you know, dad jokes. I make many of them as well. We also don't care how brilliant you are, that you've discovered some great scientific theorem and you want to tell everybody about it. All of that matters, but it doesn't matter when it comes to us welcoming you. And we take each other seriously because of that is the root of our faith. That's the faith of Unitarian Universalism that believes in the inherent worth and dignity of everyone, the independent web, but also in the middle of all those seven principles. There's only two that are theological, but the rest of them, those five are about ethics. And we care about ethics here at First Universalist. Our church, if you think about our church sort of like the eyes, the smiles, or the smiles as we call them now. If we think about the smiles and smiles of First Universalists, think about that as our logo, okay? And I want you also to think about our personality as a church as our business card when we meet others and we encounter people who've not heard of our faith or our church or what we do or what we stand for. We also want you to take with you everywhere you go our trademark, which is fun, rigor, joy, and possibility of a better world. 
that we too can build, not waiting for something in the afterlife, but in the here and now. And church, we, we also feel that it's very important for us to let people know that this church matters. This church matters. What we do here matters. We don't just come here like robots. We come here because it means something to us. So I want us to also think about that this is maybe a tough, tough week for a lot of us. It's a week of holidays, a week when our next door neighbors in Wisconsin through a so-called justice system delivered a verdict that many of us are angry about. This is a time when we may encounter people in our families and our communities that we don't necessarily agree with and say, please pass the cranberry sauce. You're going to love it. I hope you do. <laughs> Eat it all up, particularly those with orange zest. But at the same time, we want you to care for yourselves and care for each other, which is, is also part of the work, which means take time away from conversations that may exhaust you. It may not be the time or the place, but when it is, know that the support of this community is with you and what we stand for as a community. And all of our permutations and differences and nuances are there with you as you take what positions you need to take. Also, some of us today may be facing some joy that maybe, maybe our Congress, maybe our Build Back Better, maybe some of our climate change stuff is going to happen. Maybe, maybe there's a chance. That's the world we live in, possibility and maybe and potential. I sound like someone straight out of the Enlightenment, I know, but when I do say that, I say that with feet on the ground, with hands at work, and with hearts invested. We also want to remind you, too, that in this church, this is also a church that cares, not just about social justice, but about the human condition. And some of you are facing human challenges. Someone may have lost a good friend to death this week. Someone may have gotten a tough diagnosis. Someone may have gotten a great job. Someone is going to retire this week. Someone may have had a miscarriage this week, but we hold all of that in our care for one another. So if you need someone, don't be all Minnesota strong, Minnesota nice, Minnesota stoic. Reach out to the new ministers and we have a whole team of wonderful care companions that can journey with you. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be at life's near end. You could be somewhere right in the middle or at the beginning, but know you can call one of the ministers and we can partner you up with someone who can give you a call once a week and see how things are going or send you a poem or card or take a walk with you or get a cup of coffee. That's what this church is also about. Welcome. Although it was more than 22 years ago now, I remember moments of my first child's arrival like it was yesterday. I had carried this baby in my body for nine months and now my belly was contracting and my body was doing the work of readying to push him out into the world. And there were maybe 10 of us in that room because 
This baby was going to have four parents and probably uh, eight million aunties. And there was a nurse and a doctor. It's not always like that, but that's how it was this time. There was a lot of activity and anxiety, hope and energy. But at one point, not long before Cole was born, for me, all of that faded away. The room, the people, the contractions. And I experienced myself as in a dream, floating in space. That's where I was. Maybe it was a dream, I don't know. But whatever it was that took me there, in the place I found myself, there was warm blackness all around and little points of stars scattered as far as I could see in every direction. All around me, the universe stretching out to infinity. And then I had the distinct feeling of everything expanding to become more than everything. Infinity becoming more than infinity. The universe making room. Maybe that's why it's called space. The universe making more space. And then another moment I remember I remember this moment and I've shared it with folks who've been present for a birth. Some of them have had a similar experience. I need your help maybe for this part. It's gonna be a part where I say the words pops out. And I would love, especially for the kids, but anyone of any age who feels like they would like to make themselves small and hidden until the words pops out happen. And when I say those words, I hope you will pop out and say, I'm here. Wanna try it? Hide. Pops out. That's right. All right, so this moment I remember feels maybe like there's some magic to it. Maybe it's a miracle, I don't know. It goes like this. You're in a room, you're preparing for a birth. You're there, maybe alone, maybe with two or three other people, maybe with 10, hoping and waiting and working. And suddenly, right there, in the middle of the action, there appears an extra human. A whole human pops out. A whole human pops out, out of nowhere, just like that. It feels like magic, it does. When are you ever in a room and then all of a sudden there is one more? That is when. It's surprising and awesome and magical. 
I don't know if it's a miracle. What I do know is this. I felt the universe making space, and then new life appeared. So now we're ready for our chalice lighter and reader. I don't know where our chalice lighter and reader are. Chalice lighter and reader, are you here? Aspen? <laughs> you popped out of nowhere. <laughs> Luna, will you come and read our chalice lighting words? And Aspen, will you light the chalice for us, please? Please join me in the words for writing our chalice, for lighting our chalice. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Now in this moment, we're building a day on top of all the other days that had come before and lives that were given by parents who were given by their parents and theirs and theirs and theirs until it includes all of time and all people who ever were. This land includes the joys of our past and present, the dreams of our future, and even our greatest mistakes. Feel underneath your feet. Just feel the tingle, the ground, the pressure pushing back up at you. Those are lands, those are pressures holding you up by your ancestors. Those are Dakota and Anishinaabe. That is both their gorgeous living and the theft of that land when they were not with when they were not able to be given their homes to live their lives where they were living them because of a forced removal even that mistake is underneath our feet and we greet them not with shame not with guilt but with open eyes and expectation that on the edge of this new day, we're building on top of all of the other days, that we might sow more joy, more love and more peace into the world that has been filled with all people and all our choices from then and forevermore.
child that's born, a morning star rises and sings to the universe who we are. For each child that's born, a morning star rises and sings to the family whose children are being dedicated today, please come forward. This morning, there are seven families who bring eight children to be dedicated. Five were dedicated at 9 a.m. We'll dedicate one right here and right now. And we'll witness some of the virtual or some of the outdoor socially distanced uh, two that were dedicated before today. What a gift that we get to share in this abundance of joy in the ritual of child dedication, where we recognize how deeply we need one another, and we reject the idea that each family is or should be a self-contained unit. We acknowledge that families transcend the limits of blood and law and we recognize your family as you have gathered and created it and honor the commitments and love that define it. As we recognize your need for vibrant communities to witness and unfold you, we promise to be one of those communities, a spiritual home. In our ritual of child dedication, the congregation pledges to support you on the journey as your children grow. They will help you in your times of need. They will serve as religious education volunteers and mentors. They will be in parent gatherings with you. They will celebrate this joyful moment with you and many more milestones in the years to come. Every day that a child is born is a miracle an opportunity to recognize the power of love, a day to give thanks for the beauty of the earth, a day to recognize that no one is brought up alone and that every person born is a savior to the world. We recognize all who have gathered here now and those who are away from us in distance and time. We honor the ancestors who have left this world, but not our hearts and we welcome them here into this time with us now as we make sacred promises and bless one another. So children of First Universalist, those of you who are in the congregation this morning, you are an important part of this ritual too. And so I have some questions to ask you. Will you show this little one through your actions, how we care for one another at church. Will you welcome and accept these children and all children just as they are? Will you play with them and be good friends to them? 
If so, please say yes. Uh, or you can type yes in the chat. Adults of First Universalist Church, in welcoming and dedicating these children, you acknowledge your role as guides and teachers. Will you pledge yourselves to the well-being of these children? Will you promise to care for them? Will you help their families raise them to love justice and live with compassion? Will you work for a peaceful, just, and sustainable world that they might grow up to the fullness of their potential? Will you enthusiastically welcome them as unique and precious individuals that they might know this congregation to be a place where they are accepted, known, encouraged, seen, and loved? Congregation, please respond out loud or in the chat we will. We will. Parents, by bringing your children to be dedicated, you acknowledge the wonder of life. You affirm your connection to this congregation and you share with us your joy. in this wonderful world. In this wonderful world full of heartbreak and joy, we allow ourselves to settle, to be right here, wherever we are, to feel our feet on the floor, to notice how our body feels, to look around, to see who is here, to see the sunshine and the windows and the doors, to let ourselves be here. Perhaps you place a hand on your heart or hand to your temple. Perhaps we breathe in together. Intentional breath, settling our bodies, connecting us across space and time. Here in this place, we remember. We remember we too were once children. 
We remember, too, that everyone was once a child. We imagine their furrowed brows, their outstretched hands, their sleeping faces. We allow ourselves the comfort of the care of the ancestors, the embrace of this earth, the stars standing watch, the steady earth beneath. Here in this space, this in-between space, we recognize it all, we hold it all. And so we invite in the challenges and the struggles and the sorrows we face. We name together the things that hurt. And we make room for all that is our life, for the joys and the gratitudes, for the emergence of new possibilities, of connections that hold us. And I invite you to bring to mind all that you are grateful for, perhaps a name, a place, a memory, something that grounds you, a joy. To share that in the chat, to hold it in your mind. And in this place and time with the stars standing watch and the good earth beneath our feet, may we trust that we can hold all that is our life as we dedicate ourselves to love and to justice. Amen.
say to a child in the night? Nothing's all black, but then nothing's all white. How do you say it will all be all right when you know that it mightn't be true? What do you do? What is a gift you can give that will last? Give them the tales of your life and your past. Lessons from elders you try to hold fast, which are left to them too. Thank you, choir. The words hold all of the message today. We gotta hold each other up. We are the breath of our ancestors. What a wonderful world. Children will listen. It's all here. It's all here in the words that we sing and in the words that we say and in the experiences that we have together. Because as always, right, there is what we say, 
and there is what we do. There is always what we say and what we do. And I know that I, for one, especially as a kid, paid particular attention to what the adults around me were doing. And I was on the lookout all the time for where they would say one thing and do something else. I loved to call out hypocrisy. I kept a keen eye for it at church in particular, and with my teachers and with all the adults that cared for me. I wanted to know where that gap was between what they said was important and how they acted. And I'll tell you, this is a source of continued learning and growth and noticing for me as an adult now, especially as someone that cares for kiddos. For instance, if I find myself yelling that everybody should stop screaming in my house, maybe I should stop and take a breath. Maybe we can laugh, and definitely I need to apologize and start again. There is this difference between what we say and what we do, and I bring that up here at church in particular, because this morning we just made promises and faith statements to our children. We told them they are whole and holy and worthy just as they are that they are born that way, and that that stays with them through their whole life. We say to them that there is nothing they can do, nothing that can be done to them that takes them outside the circle of unconditional love of this church. We tell them that they are good just as they are, and we provide a fertile ground for them to grow. We say this to them, to their families, and we repeat this ritual season after season because we need to tell it to ourselves too, to remember we too are whole and holy and worthy, good just as we are and in need of growth and change. This is true for us, for everyone in the world, for our kids for our adults. This is what we say, and then we try to live into it. This is the spiritual life. It's really that simple. This constant striving to align our actions with our values. This is the spiritual life, and it's why we come to church. The black liberation theologian James Cone wrote about this gap, the space between our dreams and the reality we live in at length. And he wrote this. He said, we have a dream that has not been realized. To be sure, we have talked and written about this dream. Indeed, every Sunday morning, he says, black people gather in our churches to find out where we are in relation to the actualization of our dream. Where are we in relation to the actualization of our dream? What is the gap, is what he is saying. And he goes on to say that we must have dreams. We must have vision because without dreams and without that ability to see beyond or imagine beyond what is here, we will perish. 
Without dreams, we will accept the world as it is and not try to change it, he says. To dream is to know what is ain't supposed to be. To dream, he writes, is to know that what is ain't what's supposed to be. The dream is critical. The aspiration, the hope, the joy we know we can feel, the statements of faith that we make, the smaller communities like our church where we can practice even if it is imperfect, living into this kind of love we talk about, unconditional, open to everyone. This is what we dream about as Unitarian Universalists. And I bring up the gap this week because I am feeling it particularly strongly. The gap between what we proclaim, the worth and dignity of every human being and all life and this earth, I would add. The worth and dignity, the wholeness, it's not what we are watching unfold in our nation. When a young white man can bring an assault weapon into a protest for black lives and kill two people and gravely wound another and walk away hailed as a hero. When we mark the transgender day of remembrance as we did yesterday and know that this year brings with it the highest death toll yet of transgender and gender non-conforming people killed, the majority of them black and Latinx. When we watch our legislators threaten each other with violence without remorse and without being held accountable, when there are divisions in our families and our communities and our own hearts that keep us from knowing each other as fully human. We know the gap is there. The difference between the faith that we proclaim and the life that we are living. So today, my question is a simple one. How do we close this gap? How do we close this gap between the faith we proclaim and the lives that we live? How do we do this as we care for ourselves, as we care for each other and this earth, as we tear down and build up systems anew that will bring healing and safety and care to us all. How will we bridge that gap? The words sound beautiful and simple, I think. A love so big it will not let any one of us go, all of us whole and holy and worthy. It sounds beautiful and easy, but it is not. Because to really live a life where we don't throw anyone away is hard work. When we live a life, as the social justice activist Cynthia Brown said clearly in her dying breaths, where we never throw anyone away, it is hard. It's hard because we have to hold each other accountable. We have to support each other into being our best selves. We have to set Boundaries, when others haven't yet learned how to do that for themselves, we have to apologize and take responsibility when we cause harm. We have to continue to grow and learn how to be with each other even when it is the hardest thing for us to do. This is not 
easy work. This is not an easy spiritual path, but I believe each of us can make one incremental move. Maybe a giant move. Maybe a move beyond what we ever imagined was possible for ourselves and each other in this world. Maybe that dream we have of how things can be, how they ought to be, maybe we'll move there one tiny bit at a time or in giant, unbelievable moves across the board. How will it be for you? Where is the place in your life where you can start to bridge that gap in your care for yourself, for each other and the earth, in the systems that need to be changed so that all can be seen and known and valued as fully human, whole, holy, worthy. What will it be? May we move beyond the words and into the actions today and every day. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a welcoming community that finds strength in the diversity of identities of all who find inspiration and comfort here. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Text FIRSTUNIV, that's F-I-R-S-T-U-N-I-V, to 73256 to make your gift. If you are able to join us in person for Sunday worship, we'd love to see you in church. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.